You're listening to the Birdie Dad podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. Do you ever just stop and recognize as dads how little silence we get on the day? I wake up at 4 a.m. just to have a little time to myself. That's uh, early, Jared. <laughs> Too early. early. Life of a dad. Yep. Can you wake up at five and still get some time to yourself? <laughs> not <laughs> not in my house. That is the life of a dad. So oh, let's man. talk some golf, boys. This is the Birdie Dads podcast with my favorite dads, Trevor and Brian. So what's happening in your dad lives this week? Just uh, went on a family vacation uh, for a couple days. And let me tell you, when you're on vacation, you just kind of let things go. And we paid the price when we came home. So now we're trying to get back and do a routine, trying to get our kids back in line with listening to mom and dad and not being in vacation mode. Like, what did you let go? I mean, what eating, candy, bedtime, like bossing around? Everything. I mean, you name it. it was, yeah, bedtime. It was eating. There was no set schedule. There was, we were just, yeah, it's vacation. If you want to, you know, run around without clothes on, go for it, man. It's it's vacation time. Let's let's do this. So yeah, we, it's uh, got a little loose, uh, but it, it was a good reset uh, for the adults as well. Um, but now we gotta kind of bunker down. We paid the price tonight. We we had a lot of spice coming from our kids today. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for me, not much. I our kids are doing PGA Junior League, um, so we've had that the last few weekends, and that kind of. The way it's scheduled is it kind of takes up your later Saturday afternoon, so it's kind of starting to take up our weekends a little bit, which my wife is kind of plus minus on, um, to be honest. But uh, no, they're doing well, and it's fun to kind of watch the kids play a little golf. On a Saturday, so how long are you playing? Well, yeah, three and a half, four hour. I mean, they, their rounds take probably three, three, three to three and a half. So it's not quick for nine. So and a scramble at that, you know. Nine holes, three hours. Wow. Yeah. It's a commitment. So, but it's fun. I mean, our kids have done well, and so that's fun to watch. But when your kids get smoked and they're crying and they're throwing their putters into water, you know, that's not fun either. So, luckily, I'd be diving there to go get it. I'd be getting that putter out. And that's <laughs> yeah, not yeah. staying right. <laughs> Dad. And a couple Who, extra balls on the way out. I'll get yep. a few balls. Hopefully, yeah. I'll go in with a, <laughs> something sure. to grab those in my pockets. And some well, Giardia while you're at it from the reclaimed water. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this uh, let's talk golf. This week, if you didn't see it, we topped. We almost broke the top fifty in golf podcast. So yeah. that's yeah, watch that's out. our goal. Watch our watch out. That's our goal this week, guys. Uh, the listeners out there, we want to break top fifty in golf. So share with a new friend that is not listening currently. Let's break that top fifty just to say we did the birdie dads. So, I mean, we took a car ride too, Brian. I want to tell you, I don't know if this happened to you because your youngest is about the same age as my daughter. And we took a two-hour car ride. We went out to Pacific Grove, Monterey area. It was terrible weather, just so you know, not golfing weather. It was cold, windy, rainy. And pro tip for dads, if you have a freshly trained potty or potty trained toddler that you need to strap on the diaper, mm-hmm. we, I did not do that. And I failed miserably with a wet car seat. So... Hey. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's either it's either the diaper or I mean constant potty checks. You gotta you gotta plan a stop somewhere in there, and before you actually get in the car, you gotta you gotta remind them. Even if they say they don't, you gotta let's do a try. Come on, guys. I I remember this. This is going back now. This is starting to bring up some memories. We went on a road trip for six seven hours, and we got one of those 
potty train it has the bucket that pulls out you know and you just dump it into the toilet mm-hmm. we took mm-hmm. that in the car so when she said she had to go we would actually just move her over to the seat where that little bucket dump thing was she'd go and then we'd keep moving on so that's have you, have you guys ever speaking of that have you ever been by yourself on a long drive like five six hours and just thought wouldn't it be nice to have a little potty in here <laughs> just like your kid <laughs> you don't have to pull over what was that astronaut gal from like a decade ago that <laughs> oh, she, that's right. she, she had, she, I don't know, she committed some crime or something, but she had to go cross country and she just wore the astronaut diapers and she just like didn't stop at all for like two days <laughs> and just went in her diaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your stories like that. That's, that's what I was thinking when you said that, Brian. Yeah. Well, Maybe someday on a two-hour car ride, my daughter will have a diaper for me, and we don't have the same experience. That's the one day she can pay it back. I can pay it forward to her. Well, Um, yeah, Jared, I didn't have the two-hour car ride, but I I had about a 55-minute car ride, and I have to say I had uh, the three-year-old and the five-year-old, and I knew it was probably about 2 o'clock in the afternoon when we left, and I was like, all right, they're going to fall asleep. You know, as soon as we get on the road, they're going to be out. And then, um, I was just counting all the time when my wife was out and sure enough, within 30 minutes of getting on the road, I was the only one awake in the car. <laughs> I was driving, just hanging out by myself for, for our, and luckily it was only 30 minutes, but that's kind of how it goes when, when you're the driver, right? Everybody else just kind of passes out. Yep. That is the, the theme of this episode. Get your silence in. Mine comes early in the morning. Brian's yeah. on a car ride. That's right. Trevor's is doing this show. This exactly. Is, this is your time. <laughs> Trevor, your daughters are growing up very quick. Is there anything at their age right now that surprises you that you weren't quite ready for? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the fact that, um, you know, at 10, I think that I would get middle school you know, emotions and just, you know, swings like hormonal swings. And to be honest, I'll be blunt here and sh- maybe she'll listen to this someday, but just BO. I wasn't used for to, <laughs> to body odor at age hmm. 10. So, um, yeah, she's going through some hormonal things and some early body changes. So that's one thing I did not expect to encounter so early. I don't remember when BO started, but I work with kids at that age and use about, about that. Yeah. That, like body awareness that, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they always say like junior high too is where, you know, some girls, they're Barbies and others are playing with Barbies. There's like the total mix of all of the uh, the, the wide spectrum of age and development that time. Mm. I do remember though growing up, I there was a point, I don't remember when it was, I can't remember the age or whatever, but there was a point where I knew that I stank. Like <laughs> you smell it, you smell it pretty good and that's when you start asking for deodorant and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. I don't know, Trev. It almost takes that, another person that you look up to to like tell you, there you, you stink go. to yeah. like, you know, make that step. So I'm going to pay one of her friends to tell her she stinks and then hopefully <laughs> maybe we've got some oh, no. deodorant on a consistent a consistent basis. Now I love work. my daughter, but that's that's what I'm dealing with, Jared. The truth, truth of life. Yeah. Well, did you guys, have you been watching golf this week? We're, we're looking ahead to a PGA Championship. I want to know, have you seen anything? Did you see anything this last weekend in golf that you really want popped out to you? I think the scores for me, I was watching the PGA Tour and those scores were ridiculous. I mean, it was down to like minus 20 and stuff like that. So they obviously, they obviously made it a pretty easy course before all these guys just get beat up in Kiwa. I think it's, uh, they gave them a little break this last weekend. 
yeah, I don't know that you'll see the scores like that, you know, for a while, but it just shows you that these guys are superhuman and they can put up some big scores. But I mean, I, I guess I'm looking forward to uh, more like, you know, like a Brooks Kepka story, the comeback, you know, of the knee injury, something that is different from what we've seen last weekend, something that you wouldn't expect. That's what I'm always looking for. Do you think Kepka's okay? Like I was kind of watching him on some of the practice rounds when he was gingerly walking up some stairs and things like that. You're, you're kind of the, you know, the physical therapist or the, you know, the physical, um, no, know how Trevor, does he look okay? Um, no, he doesn't. Um, you know, I think he's kind of keeps it close to the cuff, so to speak. He's probably not telling everything, but, uh, you know, the fact that those guys were shooting minus 20 and he had, what was it, a minus two or something, um, you know, that's that tells you where he's at. He's probably a long way from making it. But that's one of the stories I like to see is people coming back from injury that were, they've been out for a while and they, they make it at least a run for it, you know. So he's still early on the timeline of the rehab, right? He, he's still on the kind of the front edge of it. We, we shouldn't expect him to be fully back. Yeah, and I think, you know, he's got some cartilage damage, so that's something that you know, you don't really want to rush into. And I think I feel, I feel like he's a guy that's like, Oh, I'll be fine. You know, he's kind of like one of the, you know, DJ and him are similar, like they'll figure it out. But uh, you know, those things you have to respect a little bit and maybe he might've came back a little bit too early. Um, you know, um, to be honest. Right. So mm. we'll see. I loved, I love seeing our, our former guest, Scott Stallings. I almost sent him a text yeah. message because I was seeing him climb the leaderboards. He's making a run. That's a couple tournaments. Now he's been up in that Know, pressing top five so but the scores just got like you said got so crazy i mean i was looking at him and you know he posted a ridiculous what like nine under on uh on saturday i think or or on friday was it friday he posted a nine under. he posted a crazy yeah. score like a 63 yeah and it was insane and so he he was That's, making a run like to see that yeah he's a great guy he's a nice and it was so super fun to talk to him and, uh, you know, it makes you want to watch him to see, like, or wonder where it got in his game or his tournament where he thinks he go for it, but he doesn't, you know, his, mm -hmm. his advice to us was <laughs> just because you can doesn't mean you should. Um, so I'm just wondering, you know, how do you shoot nine under and, and not go for it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, and he had a good tournament. I mean, there were some great names, but then the other thing I want to point out and leading into this week, we've got some big names missing the cut right now. There, there's a lot of big guys that are not playing at peak performance. And what made me think about was when we were talking to Brett McCabe and he was on here, the sports psychologist, and he would just point it out like these guys are not on all the time. Like they're, they're not every week posting these record scores. And, you know, we're seeing guys pop out of nowhere. We're seeing some guys stay hot, but others, you just, like you pointed out, you know, I know Brooks is hurt, but he didn't post a very strong score. Um, you know, kind of made me think of some of these other players. So that's the storyline I want to look into this weekend. What else do you guys want to see out there for, for the PGA Championship? I want to see what Rory can do to follow up after his win at uh, Wells Fargo. I mean, I think this is going to be a course that is, I mean, I think they said it was 78 yards or something like that. And the wins, um, one can be in your face. The next day can be helping, like it's just all over the place. So can he follow up that win that he just had and, and kind of, Kid. I mean, he's been practicing a, not a draw, but a, a fade, right? He's been practicing some, you know, shaping some shots. And so can, can he take that into this, this championship and, and be more of a, not try to overpower it, but, you know, think through it. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's tough to go back to back wins. I mean, it's tough to win one anywhere on the tour, but let alone back to back. But, you know, as Jared said, you know, these guys aren't on all the time, but I think they put a little extra effort into finding themselves for the 
the majors, you know. So mm-hmm. it's always nice to see everyone's best game, and you know, you get you get the best out of these guys when when PGA Championship rolls around, Masters, you know, Open, all those things. So it'd be it's always fun to watch. Yeah, I Jared, definitely have. Well, we, yeah, go for it. I was gonna tell. I was gonna say, like, tell us about your your expectations for DeChambeau, your boy. Is he gonna be? <laughs> Taking it to this course, I'm I'm jinxing it, man. I, I, every time I own that guy's scores right now, so I'm not going to talk about Deschamps. I'm going to lead him off to this week. But I, I wanted to say, like, I also had Rory on my list. I want to see what he does because I want to see if that if he stays hot, like you said, Trevor. He brings the extra oomph. Um, does he keep that momentum? I also want to see what Jordan Spieth does. Uh, I, I'm curious if he has really found his old true self, like everyone says he has. But, uh, you know, I'm going to throw the name out there that just really shocks me because I remember watching this guy come on tour and, you know, I don't feel like I'm that old, but what does Ricky Fowler do this weekend? I mean, talk about a guy who has fallen and just cannot find it right now. Yeah, he's he's in a slump for sure. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the fall like that, I don't think we've like kind of, you know, majorly sponsored player in in the last 10 15 years i mean like this but yeah it's it's true we got to see what he does i mean it'll be the first round of the you know, first thursday I, I guess when this releases will be thursday so we'll we'll see but yeah that's a tough one to watch sometimes i mean he's a well-loved guy and you just hate to see a guy struggle because we've all been there you know we've all thought we had yeah. it figured out and we're getting better and then all of a sudden we have something that changes in our swing and we just can't find it for months and years and so that's where he's at and i feel bad for him because uh, we've all we've all been there. Yeah, I'm a Ricky Fowler fan. I mean, I'm not trying to trash him or hate him. I, I want to see him refine it. I can't believe what has happened. I mean, and I, I can't explain it. We can't I can't explain that. But the guy is just cannot make a cut right now, and he's he's fallen so hard. Yeah, I think he needs to put some change in his right pocket and put his keys in his right pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Ten know, cup style. Ten cup Ten style. Cup. I just got to change the mental game. I mean, that's ninety percent mental, but there's a lot to it in that ten percent physical too. But yeah, it's a it's a tough game, and when you when you lose it, you you lose it. So no one's going to give it to you either, and they're not giving nope. it this. They're not giving anything away this weekend. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at Ricky; he's never won a major. He he's never won. A single major in his career so definitely would love to see a storyline where he finds it he, he finds the juice he get, makes it happen actually i just want to see him be back to his you know ricky was like top 10 guy forever like you know he just mm-hmm. kept pressing those top 10s and just can't win it so i'd love to see what he do and what, what's going on with dustin johnson right now i don't know i, I can't even answer that one for you brent jared <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Brian, I, I answered Dustin Johnson for some, me. What is happening with Dustin Johnson? I have some off the cuff uh, answers that you know. Um, the, the whole story, you know, theory behind how he flight of stairs a couple years ago, and there was some extracurricular activities with some players' wives going on. I don't know. It no, seems kind of fishy. No. It seems uh, like no, it might be coming there. back. No. You don't think uh-huh. so? Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, no. he was like that's the that's hottest a, player. Hey, he was the hottest COVID player. That's my so. that's my only explanation, guys. I yeah. have no idea. Dustin Johnson, I feel like, can come back and just turn it on. I mean, he, he was dominant last year. Like, I don't know what, I mean. Hottest COVID player out there, right? Yep. Just killing yep. it, crushing it, and yeah. Not happening right now. I yeah. mean, we'll see. I mean, he can turn on like a light switch. So, you know, he might be there on Sunday when we're when we're talking about this next week. So, you know. It's, Those are it's the names I want to see. 
I want to see Dustin Johnson. I want to see Jordan Speed. I want to see Rory, and I want to see Ricky. And okay. Brooks can make an appearance. Love it. Yeah, how some of these older guys do, like Matt Kuchar. Um, if they can kind of keep up with these guys, like you know, is it really gonna be a distance game, or or can these guys score? Like I, I would love to see some of those guys at least hang around till um, Saturday or something like that. Right? Like it'd be fun. Bill, yeah. I think he's gonna be in the mix, right? I think I'm going with the field. Jared listed all of his favorites. So I'm going to go with the, the field uh, this week. Everyone else, you're going. Everyone, everyone else, else. you know. And I've got a soft spot, my soft spot in my heart for Daniel Berger, just because Pelly Golf told me my swing looked like him, and he said, "God, <laughs> God bless him. He's okay. He's figured it out." So maybe Berger's my guy this weekend. Did he even? Is he in the field? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay, so good. I'm going yeah. with Burger. We should know. All right. Well, we'll take whoever the oldest player is that does the best, and we'll do a little feature on him as the dad's podcast. We will like it. honor the true dad. But that, yeah. you know, go Rory. Rory is the dad. Come on. Oh, uh, I'll throw one more in there for the dads. And uh, an old favorite, Webb Simpson. Uh, he's got five, four or five kids. <laughs> Yeah, big big dad power there. Hashtag dad life, you know. So Web stole. He's yeah. He still has not returned my text message. So Web, let's get you on. Come on, you got yep, all, let's get you got top all 50, the dad Let's do this. Yeah, but make the I'll cut so we can talk to you on Monday, not not Saturday or Sunday. Speaking of a new dad, I wouldn't mind to see Rom in the mix at the end on Sunday. I think that that could be a, a contender right there. So um, yes. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna put some money, like if I'm not gonna cop out like Trevor and pick the field, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say John Rom. That's my guy. Okay, okay. I like it. I like John Rom. I, like, I like to, to see, see a good Rom meltdown on Sunday on the back nine. <laughs> I like it, Brett Ryan. I love to see <laughs> a right. few few cuss words and a few swings, extra swings of the club. I love it. Perfect. Well, let's get into a little content. I posted on Reddit as I do every few weeks or so. You guys love it. You can see the eye roll, the Reddit post, the Reddit poll. But this week I asked the Reddit crowd, what do you do to prepare for a golf round? So you've played, you probably were not satisfied. What do you do next? And here are the options. You could choose go to the driving range. You could choose work on your chipping and putting. You could choose uh, working on your body, so flexibility, strength, some programs or routines that you found, or maybe it's go to YouTube or Google and find drills or tips that you need to work on, and or finally, nothing. And I left it open for some other comments. So I ask you guys first, what would you, what you choose of those options? You play around, you're looking at your next round, what do you do to get ready? Mm. I'm... I, the older I get, the more Miguel Jimenez looks um, appealing to me. Have you seen his stretching routine? I've gone over this. I mean, oh, I love it. flexibility Everybody. and strength, you know, before I do anything else. Because it gets, it gets hard out there on this body when I'm 40. So I'm going flexibility and uh, stretching first. Brian, what are you going with to prepare for your round? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach it two ways. I'm going to say time, time I have. So let's, let's say I'm just... 15 minutes from the tea time and I show up and pay and all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to go like Trevor. I'm going to stretch a little bit and roll a couple butts just to see how the greens are, are rolling. And, and that's about it. If I have 30 to 45 minutes, um, I'm going to do that. Plus uh, before that, I'm probably going to get that feeling of the bottom of the club. Um, but no real like driver swings or anything like that. Like, I think that, um, that'll kind of, kind of come from the stretching piece. Um, but if you have like an hour before a round, um, then I'd probably start with 
um, a couple a couple swings of the range uh, with some clubs, and then kind of work down to the shorter stuff before you tee off. So that's uh, okay. that that, that kind of okay. be my routine, I think. But it just depends on how much time you got. Like if you're <laughs> if you're if you have limited time, shorter game is probably where I would spend most of my time. I look back when we talked to Ben Pelicani, Pelly Golf. He when we were working with him, we were sending him some swing videos, and I swear in my brain what I thought my swing was doing looked nothing like what I sent Ben. And I was like, whoa, I am mm-hmm. not getting any part of the rotation I think I'm getting. And I don't I don't have a Will Zalatoris body. I don't have a, a Rory's frame. <laughs> so I'm like Trevor, I flex, I, I mean, not flex, I'm flexibility all week. I'm spending, I stretch with my dad yoga all week to get ready for a round because it, it's, that's what I have to do. I'm not, you know, I'm not out there fit and, you know, perfect abs or anything. So uh, I'm all about the flexibility and that's what I would choose. But the results now, okay, so 30% of the people, we got a huge turnout. We got, you know, almost like 500 votes or something. Great job. We got 30% said they'd hit the driving range. 26% said they'd work on putting and chipping. 7.5% said they'd do stretching, flexibility, or strength. And one percent said they would look at drills on YouTube or Google, and then <laughs> yeah, like I want to talk about that. Twenty nine percent said they would do nothing. So yeah, thirty uh, percent. I mean, I, what do you you hear that? And it's just like your reactions. Like one percent of people said they would go find a drill on YouTube. Yeah, what is that? What is that drill though? Is that just like drivers how not to slice or what? I mean, what are you watching before you go off on your round? It's, it's never a good idea to try to learn a new swing right new before grip. you play. I, new grip, yeah. maybe. Yeah. The worst uh, idea is maybe to try to adjust it in the mid round. I've, right. I mean, I've done that for sure too. Like, yeah. oh, it's not working. What am I going to do? Let me Google this and see what I'm doing. Oh, I'll do that. So, <laughs> I'd like to add to Jared's thing: buy somebody a hot dog at the turn if you're down. Let's just let's preload a uh, a YouTube video on a hot dog for your competitor who's playing well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that works. That's a good Just, good strategy. You know, give you some one-liners to say to your playing partners like, "Oh, it looks like you're doing this. Here's this drill I saw, I found." And exactly. that will help. That will help tremendously. So, and then uh, and what about the 29% that said they do nothing? Like they're just rolling out of the car and going and playing. I mean, I, I think that's a lot common. of dads out there, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've been there. We're late. We got to get there. You know, you just roll up and you don't warm up to a whole six by then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> what can Man, you expect? I, if you get nothing, what are you going to expect you're going to score, though? Well, I, I don't think you're focused on your score at that point. I think you're just, you're happy to be out. So, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's your role there. I, I do, I did read some of the comments, though, Jared, that were coming back on the other side of it and, and responding. And some of them were pretty funny about, uh, you know, shotgun a couple beers, um, <laughs> you know, doing some other stuff, illegal activity, and uh, getting ready to go right before round. So, I, I think if you take it as a, as a game as it's supposed to, then, it, yeah, you're going to get, people that just kind of show up and they're okay if they blow up on the first couple holes which is great too i mean it's that's that's what you're there for it, to each their own right as long as you're you know you got the six pack to make it was if that's what made you late then i guess that's that's the reason why you do nothing 
Mm-hmm. Six bags, shotgun, some beers. Now, I, there was a couple good warm-up routines posted on there. So if you want the real content, I'll post this on the show notes. I think it was like, uh, I think he'd say it as I, bud. Like, you know, there's a lot of eyes in that name. And uh, <laughs> he posted a good warm-up routine working down how he used multiple clubs. So, uh, that was a good one. But there was definitely, like, Brian, there was some go-to, like, I'm going to pound a beer and then grab the cart and stretch for 13 seconds and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah. like we've all done that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, toss the car seat aside, grab your clubs, and roll out mismatched shoes onto the first tee. Yeah. Yep, shank, shank your first shot off the tee box, reach in your pocket, grab another one, uh, put it put it down before the ball even lands um, out of bounds. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's another good one. <laughs> Breakfast ball. And what about Bob? The, well, the actual the guy's name is what about Bob Wiley? You're not asking. Okay, so what about Bob Wiley posted? He likes to use his app. He li- I think he posted it's either Aries or something else, and he likes to do a flyover to make sure that he's looking for the bad misses. So okay. I thought that was good. Okay, yeah. I like that because I prefer not to hit a house. So looking for the extreme trouble and trying to find your bailout. Yeah, especially if you haven't played the course before. That's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, that, that's working from the green back, which is, you know, we thought like if you want to score well, that's that's what you do, right? Work from the green back and set yourself up off of the tee. Right. We're going to throw some challenges out there coming up this summer for playing to see if you can score better because... I know there's so many times I should not be hitting a driver. And if I just like just took my medicine and hit a three wood off the tee. So we need to look at that. We got to do that soon, Jared. Mm -hmm. Maybe coming up this summer when we play together, we'll throw the drivers away for a round and see Mm -hmm. how we do. Do the seven iron challenge as well. Just tee off with your seven irons. See how you play. Yep. I like it. Well, and finally this week, Brian, you have a chorus. So share us your bunker knowledge. Yeah, I didn't know bunker knowledge and how to rake a bunker uh, before I got a video from my club um, because they just put the rakes back um, into the bunker. So for this whole COVID experience, rake, um, and you just have, you could, you know, do a preferred lie. You could pick it up if you're in a footmark or something like that. They were kind of just this wild west in the bunker. So now rakes are back and proper way to rake the bunker um i sent you guys a video what uh, i'll describe it in a second but um did you guys know how to rake the bunker that way i have never raked a bunker like that in my life (laughs) (laughs) no no i have i mean i guess i have when there's a deep spot like a deep footprint but not regular not routinely Okay. So the video that, that you guys saw and that we got uh, sent out was basically our head pro was out in um, a deep bunker and and he said, okay, um, you enter the bunker from a low point in the bunker. So you're not like stepping down in the bunker. I kind of knew that. You're like, you don't want to make a huge, um, you know, footprint in some deep sand. Bunker. So low side of the bunker, walk in that way. Um, and then once you hit your shot, um, you... Um, take the rake, uh, rake some of the um, deeper sand from the edge of the bunker towards the middle, and then you push the sand forward over any kind of mark or, you know, wherever foot mark or ball mark or anything like that. Um, you push the sand forward and walk your way backwards towards that low point again. Um, but I think that the most interesting thing was that you're, you're not raking back towards yourself. You're pushing out away from you. And, and the video is kind of funny. I mean, we can, 
we can maybe send this out to, to everybody and, and post it. Um, but it's, I mean, he's pretty aggressive <laughs> with his example. I think he was, uh, over aggressive with his raking style, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I tried it a couple times guys. And, and I gotta be honest, it's, uh, it leaves the bunker in a good shape for the players coming behind you. So, um, I think, I think that's good, especially now that, um, you know, they do have rakes and, uh, you can't touch your ball or fix your ball or fix your lie at any point. So you want to make sure everybody has an even playing field, uh, as soon as you leave the bunker. It looks like hard work though. It does. I want to see, I want to catch the caddies on a side, like a side note this weekend. I want to catch the caddies doing the bunker rakes. I want to see how they do it. See if they do it this way. They they are probably more perfectionist about that bunker rake than yeah. um, this the head club pro <laughs> in the video. Like they, they they pride themselves in that, right? Yeah. They've got to. I think you know when when I see that pro doing that, the video he sent us, he was like kind of trying to push it and almost push it up the rake. So there were like no rake marks in the sand, trying to make it like you're throwing yeah. sand out and making it soft. And uh, I've tried it a couple times since he sent that video, and it, it definitely does. Our sand probably isn't as good as what you're dealing with or the pros, but uh, it definitely makes a little difference. I learned two things in that video. Number one, so dumb, right? But I always thought like you were to enter closest to the ball to try to avoid all that. But so obviously you want to enter at the lowest point. And even if you have to trek the whole sand trap, you know, so I'm going to stop dive bombing off the top ledge of the sand. And then Mm -hmm. the end part where he leaves the rake too, and he makes it real clear, like, how to leave the rake handle so that the balls can travel underneath it and not be affected by the rake. That, yeah. that I learned. Yep. That's a big point. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's leave the rakes in the bunker with the rake head, um, into the sand side and then the handle leaned up against the edge of the bunker. So yeah, you have that gap in between. Um, and I've even heard of some clubs that you have to point the handle in the direction of the tee box so that right. balls, balls actually go into the trap and have a fair kind of path through the trap and not get either stuck outside the trap or, um, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's intense. I don't know. It is yeah. intense. It's intense. Yeah. I want to see that too, Trevor. I want to see a caddy because I feel like the caddy is going to get yelled at the side too. Like, hey, what's taking so long? Get up here. Stop yeah. breaking the dang bunker. You yeah. Know, I, I, I feel that would take me an hour. Yeah, but I guess you'd be on the other end of like, you know, you're the one pro that gets into a bunker that's got a footprint in it or a deep rake mark. And then you're finding, you know, footage of whoever the last person that raked it was and you find out their caddy and then you just lay into them, you know. I mean, there's part, there's that too. Mm-hmm. So you got to take your time with it. Yeah, I, I, I do say though, like watching the pros and they just hit their dot and then just hand their club they might tap off their shoes, right? You know, real quick. And then they hand their club to their cat, their caddy, and their caddy just handles everything for them. Like how awesome would that be to, to do around and just hand your club and have somebody else rake the bunkers for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it this week for the birdie dads podcast. We'll see you next week until then. Let's check out the PGA championship. Go Rory, go Colin, knock it out of the park and let's hope for a good round. <laughs>